Hey, I'm Kevin, the student pastor of Shore Church again. Thanks for listening to our message. We strive each week to bring you relevant, practical, biblical teaching that meets you where you are. To find out more about us or what's going on at the church, head on over to scog.com or download the app. Hope you enjoy the message. Right, turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. We're going to start at verse 8 uh, this morning. Luke chapter 2. Um, this week comes with a disclaimer of last week. I totally butchered the Greek word that I kept on using. I kept on saying Rhea, and it's Rima. There's an M in there. And that's what happens when I write my notes too fast, and I transpose them from my written words, because I can't read my own handwriting, to... Uh, to to the keyboard. So I apologize for all you Greek scholars out there that knew I was wrong because I didn't get any emails this week telling me I was wrong. So anyway, I wasn't expecting any. I just felt really bad about it. I don't want to lead you astray and I don't want you I don't want you acting like you go to a Bible study somewhere I'm like, "Well, the Rhea." And then someone who actually knows what they're talking is like, "What? What are they doing?" Um so Rima, put an M in there and you're good to go. All right. Um just all kinds of transparency around here. All right? Um So anywho, we want to step into this idea of wonder this morning, and I am, I'm excited about this message and just this idea and this thinking. I have a three-year-old getting ready to be a four-year-old in the house now, and Christmas kind of got reinvigorated with wonder, right? Uh, Now, my 11-year-olds are still pretty excited about Christmas, but there's something having a three-year-old running around to bring back the wonder of Christmas. Now this week we had the, to do some teaching about what Christmas was all about because uh, we asked the question and it was the presents are what Christmas is all about. She's just like, what do you mean? That's of course what it's all about. Like, oh, it is. Yeah. Who told you that? Um, the marshmallows on TV. <laughs> yes. And you feel free to use the word marshmallow because it's my favorite word. Uh, the commercials on TV told me that Christmas is all about the presents. This is an actual conversation I had with my child. And I was like, okay, we got to slow this roll. One, she's probably watching a little bit too much TV. Bad dad. Uh, two, uh, we need to kind of just use this as a teaching moment. And so, okay, now if you ask her, Lucy, what's, what is Christmas all about? It's Jesus' birthday. And she's a little exasperated with me because we've worked on it so much. But like, hey, 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 this is what it's really about. Now, why do we get presents? Because Jesus is the greatest present of all. He's the greatest gift of all, and we give that. And we replicate what the Magi did for Jesus. Oh, uh, okay, okay. So if you're wondering what Christmas is about, there you go. 45 seconds. Thank you, Lucy. May the Lord bless you. No, we're going to talk a little bit more about wonder. Um, but it is, it is, and it's a check on our hearts, and it's kind of speaking back into it. Like, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Where is my wonder in these moments? The Greek word for wonder is thumazu. Thumazu, and I got it right this week because I wrote it like four times. All right, Thum, Thumazu, T H A U M A Z O O. If you care, Thumazu. I even got on a special website that like says it out for you. Um, thumazu. It's wonder, and what it means is what comes next. So this wonder of, of, of everyone at the first Christmas is this idea of what could happen next. The possibilities are endless. And having a three-year-old at home, um, if you want to understand what Thumazu is, this is a little 
Um, a little exercise you could do at home. It's a spiritual exercise. Wrap one present, just one. Or if you have multiple kids, wrap one for each one. Do it upright, like, I mean, with all the frills and use your little, like, Martha Stewart tricks and, and do it all. Put those, whatever, how many kids you have, presents underneath the tree, and then don't let them touch it. Just see what happens. And just watch the wonder and the twinkle in their eye. Like, what could it be? What could it be? It's not that big. It's not this small. But dad's tricky, so he could have used a bigger box, and it could be smaller. than I don't know. And the whispering that would happen and the wonder that ensues, right? In my home growing up, my dad, I love seeing this. My dad is six and some years old. And he, uh, I, he tries to play it off as the wonder of Lucy, but he sits there, and my mom is cruel. You don't know this about my mom. If you go to Shore Church or God, you don't know how mean my mother actually can be. You think I would get my, like, snarkiness from my father, which probably part of that is true, but my mom is a little cruel, especially at Christmas time. She loves to wrap all the presents and put them under the Christmas tree. So by now, this time when I was growing up uh, in the Christmas season, 70% of my, my presents would have already been underneath the Christmas tree. Well, my dad comes from a house, a home, that they got to get dive under the Christmas tree. Whenever a, a Christmas present was put under the tree, it was fair game to be shaken, stirred, whatever you'd like to do with it, Okay. And so the, the fun was guessing what you got in the, 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 underneath the Christmas tree. If you look too closely at a Christmas present my mother has put under the tree, you will die. It will go away. It will be taken away. Uh, it, is, it, is, it, is, it is over. There, my dad is 16 years old. Him and Lucy, Lucy's on his lap every morning when Lucy walks into their house. Uh, Lucy gets on his lap, and they look at the Christmas presents together, and they just look at and my dad's got the twinkle in his eye, and it's hilarious. And he's looking at it, and he has got one Christmas present. He's got one Christmas present that the tape has come loose on, and it's popping up. Now, everything is fully covered. It's not an indecent pre- uh, present, okay? It is, fully, it is fully covered. Like, we take this extremely serious in the Hauser household, okay? And it, it, the covers, and every Lucy, you need to tell Grandma that the edge popped up on that. He is scared to death that that Christmas present is going to be taken back because I didn't touch it. I didn't do it. He is emotionally scarred of 50 years of marriage or being together that he needs to say, oh, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Right? Because there's that trapping of wonder. I don't, I don't know what's going on. What happens? And so this is how our family has, has gone in with these things. So if you want to see wonder in your kids, wrap a present, put it underneath the tree, and then don't let them touch it. Because, like, when you get the tactile, like, if I touch it, this is the thing with me now. If I see a Christmas present, I can look at it and be like, that's a sweater. Kelly's like, how did you know? And I'm like, because you get so good at guessing it just because of the shape and size of the box. And so all kinds of hilarity ensues because of that. That's a book. That's a video game. Oh, yeah. I know, you know, I get really excited about different shapes of boxes because ornaments get really excited about different shapes of boxes as well. Uh, so that happens. Uh, and, and you have this idea of wonder. And so as we jump into that this year, um, I want just to, to explore that even more because the sense of wonder that exists in the Scripture, especially in Luke 2, um, we're going to talk about an avenue and a, a group of people in this uh, this week that we don't kind of get glossed over a lot 
in, in the conversation. And um, I've glossed them over. I don't think they're that special, or I used to not think they're that special in this. this I was like, Why are they even involved in this story? And I really want to kind of step into them uh, today because I think it helps us capture the sense of wonder. Luke 2, verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angel had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. The shepherds, the shepherds, the shepherds are on the night shift. You know who works the night shift of watching sheep? Ten-year-old boys, 11-year-old boys, the ones that mom's like, get out of my house, you're driving me insane. That is who is watching these sheep in the middle of the night and all hang because like, what do you get? Just go, just go be with your friends. Don't get eaten by a wolf and don't let any of the sheeps get eaten by a wolf, right? And that's, that's, that's the goal. Just go, just go, just go. That's who's out there. Burn off some extra energy, goof around, have fun. Stay safe and keep the sheep safe. That's hard to say. Keep the sheep safe. Oh, there you go. That's who's out there. That's who these shepherds are. So when it says the shepherds were living in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night, these are 10, 11, preteen, small teen, your teenage boys. Because if they're older than that, they've already done, you know, the owners of the sheep aren't out there. <laughs> the, if they're older than that, they've already probably picked up their trade. Remember when David is the shepherd in his, in his life. David's the shepherd. He's the youngest brother. He's out there because none of the older brothers want to go do that. Right? And the same thing's happening here and in this moment. And so who does the angel of the Lord appear to? The night shift worker, preteen boy. That is who happens. And so when he's, what? All right. If you have this age group child at home, you know they're a little excitable and this is fun. And so the angel shows up to him. Hey, don't be afraid. What is happening? That is what's going on here in this moment. And so... I hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, an, angel, an angel of the Lord appears to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And the angel says, don't be afraid. And then, like, tongue-in-cheek, don't be afraid. <laughs> it's awesome. And then he calls forth the army of heaven. Now, don't be afraid. Right? The multitude army of heaven, that's who this is. These angels are. The warriors of heaven show up. Yeah, don't be afraid. <laughs> right? And 
they start singing and, and praising God in the moment and telling them that, hey, now is the moment that the Messiah is here. The one that you've been praying for, the one that your parents have been praying for, they've been telling you story after story after story of how the Messiah is going to come and save us from this Roman rule and this Roman oppression, and he's going to change everything and set all the wrongs right. He has come. That is what is happening in this moment. So you can just remember your audience in this, and this is incredibly exciting. There's a few things that happen when you're approached in this huge wonder moment. The first is we can be terrified. We can be terrified. If you go to the Grand Canyon and you step up close to the edge and you look over, you can be terrified of it. It is a wonder experience. This is huge. That is a big hole in the ground, right? This is, this is, you can be full, full of that. And you can just be terrified and be like, nope, nope, not going not gonna to look down there anymore. I'm scared. You can sit in awe and just take in the wonder. You can take in the beauty of it. Or it can propel you to do something else. We can act in wonder. We can act in wonder. Watching, uh, going to the Yosemite National Forest and seeing these beautiful big sequoia uh, trees and go, oh, okay, that's going to prompt some sort of action in my life. I want to help with forest fires, or I want to take care of the planet, or I want to, you go to the ocean, and you're like, whoa, yeah, I'm not going to use plastic straws anymore. This is amazing, right? Like, something will prompt you to, to act in wonder when you see uh, what's go- going on, when you, when you truly come in contact with a wonder experience. See, the angel expressly told the people over and over again, don't be terrified. Don't run away from the wonder that is coming. Imagine if these kids would have been sitting there and he shows up and they're like, ah, and they book it and they run away. And he's like, the Messiah is going to be born. This is a, Luke 2 would have read, how many shepherds did the angel appear to before he found a group of guys dumb enough to stay put and, and said still, right? Like, well, see, ah, wasn't done yet. Hold on. I do you guys read the Bible like that? I, I just read it a little bit different. This uh, scripture, I've been reading on Christmas Eve for the last 22 years. Every Christmas Eve for the last 22 years, I've read this scripture. It was read to me before then, but generally for a church service on Christmas Eve, I read this scripture. I've read it a lot. I have it memorized in like two different versions because NIV changed in like 1998. You know, <laughs> uh, it had a different revision and ooh, a couple words were off and it threw me off. Got it memorized, read it over and over again. Always kind of gloss over the shepherds. Especially one verse has always bugged me, absolutely drove me insane. It is the angel's reaction, or the shepherd's reaction to the angel. Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened that the Lord has told us about. Like, it's the grossest underwhelming response to the magnitude of these the angel army showing Let's go to Bethlehem and see the thing the Lord has told us about, right? So uh, as I've been working through that, last week had a formative experience for me to understand how these preteen, teenage boys understood the angel happened to me. If you have a child in your house who plays Fortnite, you got a perfect example of what this meant, Okay, now you're going, what in the world? Fortnite is a game that like everybody in the world plays uh, on Xbox, Xbox, Switch, and, and PlayStation. This is no longer a commercial for 
Fortnite. Um, it just had a huge event where the game was changed in the game, and the kids got to participate and watch in it. They do these live event things that are huge, important things for the story arc and the play style of the game. They're, they're, they shift the way in which everything happens. And they do it in such a good way, they package it in a way that everybody can be on. Everybody can experience it together, and everybody um, will be talking about it um, online at school or at school if they actually get ever go to school. They'll be talking about this event. Kids rearranged their schedules. Parents were given death glares if they didn't let their children get on uh, an hour early, so they made sure they got on this live event. It was a big deal. And to experience this with an 11-year-old boy and his friends, them all yelling on the microphones and screaming about how amazing this was, was an experience. And so that excitement and that just joy and the about, oh my goodness, can you imagine this? That is what's wrapped up in the let's go! Let's go to Bethlehem! Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go! Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing has happened. Right? That's, I had a Tom Brady let's go montage ready to go for you guys, but I figured you had enough pain with quarterbacks that you didn't need to see that this morning. Um, why do I do that? Be- see, I'm mean and cruel like that because my mom didn't let me touch my presents when I was a kid. I wrote that whole joke just for that line. Just, just for that. I love you, mama. Uh, so... You hear that? That's my presence being taken back right now. Uh, so, uh, anyway, that's the kids. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. And that it's excitement. If you've been around a child, I lost my mind this year. One of um, we had practice double plays, practice double plays, practice double plays, and my boys turned a beautiful. Beautiful six, uh, shortstop, second base, first base, uh, a double play, and I lost my voice screaming, let's go! And it just like gone. I, I didn't know I was going to be able to preach the next day. Like I was like, That's, this was not a good choice for me to be screaming that loud because I was so excited. That's, when we see this, I want you to reform, reshape when you hear the shepherd saying, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened. No, 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 no. Let's Go! Oh my goodness, we're going to Bethlehem. We're going to see this thing. We're going to see this baby. Oh, it's going to be amazing. It's the Messiah. Do you know what that means? In only 11, 12-year-old boy fashion, when you're and so excited, it just gets higher pitched and higher pitched and higher pitched as they go. That's what I want us to capture. Okay? So I hope that grabs you into the wonder of this moment. That's who the shepherds are at this time. That's who the shepherds are experiencing. That's what they're grabbing onto. Like, oh my goodness. All that excitement, all that joy, all that. Let's go to Bethlehem. We got to see this. I can't believe this. Can you imagine that? The angel told us. And the, and the, and the singing and the, and the, oh! That's what's going on at Christmas. And too often we sterilize it. We get so reverent about it and we treat it with such kick gloves that we're like, oh, well, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened. When it's this guttural, earth-shaking, hyperactive, ah, is what's really happening here. And we need to grab a hold of that because when we give it so much reverence, we actually degrade some of the, the wonder that it has. I have a, one of my prized possessions in the whole world is a handmade nativity set. 
was hand-painted by my mama. And um, I used to, as an only child, this was my Christmas experience, I reverently and lovingly would play with the ceramic handmade Christmas uh, nativity. Now, for some of you, that gives you heart palpitations and you start to get like anxiety and sweat starts to come down. Just thinking about that. But that was, that was my Christmas experience. I would sit and just play with the nativity for hours. And so to get my own was just amazing. And to watch my children now play with my nativity, it's a little, a little exciting. It's, it's my job to play with that, not your job to play with that. But to, to experience it and to step in wonder of the whole story. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing to hold it. When we have access to it, when we can grab a hold of it, sometimes the wonder is ramped up instead of something that we have to stand off from. See, awe without action is selfish. Awe without action is selfish. If all we do is take the wonder and sit and go, ooh, that's wonderful, but we don't invite anybody else to be a part of it, that's selfish. If we've experienced something so amazing, so grand, so wonderful, that we can't invite our loved ones or the people around us to be a part of it, what are we doing? Right? If something's truly wonderful, I want to, come here, 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 come here. Did you see that? It's amazing. And that's how we need to treat our relationship with God. Awe put into action leads to mission. Awe put into action leads to mission. Now, if we follow what the shepherds are doing, we follow who they are, we follow the experiences that they've had, they are, whoa, that's amazing. And let's go to Bethlehem. Let's do something about this. I want to go participate in this. I'm going to go see it. And so they are taking the steps. Now, as maybe the angel picked irresponsible 11, 12, 13-year-old boys to leave the sheep out in the middle of the fields to go see this thing that has happened, right? But mom, it was the Messiah. Like, you can only use that cop out once. The coming of the Messiah happened, so I shirked my responsibilities, right? But then they're like, let's go. All right. We got, you know, somebody was like, but shouldn't we? No, never, let's go. Awe, wonder, put into action leads to mission. Like, do it. So they hurried off, verse 16, off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. They went to him. I wonder what that felt like. Like, Mary's sitting there. The donkey's here. Sure. Why not some teenage boys coming to... Like, who doesn't want to see a baby more? A bunch of teenage boys, it, it goos and it makes weird messes. I don't know what to do with that, right? But that's who shows up to the maternity ward of the stable. And it's this beautiful, wonderful thing. Verse 17. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. This is beautiful. When they had seen him, they go, they move their, put their wonder into action, and they go and see this beautiful thing. They go and see the child. But that's not enough for them. They go and experience the wonder event, but that's not where they stop. And often in our own lives, when we experience God, when we uh, participate in God, maybe an amazing church service or uh, a great prayer time or great experience somehow with God, we go and we're like, oh, 
that was wonderful for me, and then we stop. But the, the, the whole narrative of wonder in our lives can, goes with mission inspired by wonder changes the world. So we go somewhere, we, we participate in something, we, the wonder has called us to be a part of something, but then when, what do we do after the wonderful experience? Because that matters. What the shepherds do is they go and tell everyone about what has happened. They are going around to Bethlehem. Can you believe this? There's a baby that's going to be the Messiah. And he cooed at me. He smiled at me. Babies can't smile yet. He smiled. It was gas, dude. No, he smiled at me. The Messiah smiled at me. It was a moment that changed their lives forever, but it's also a moment that changes the the history of the world inspired by wonder. Mission inspired by wonder changes the world. How do we capitalize on reading and experiencing Christmas this year? There are all kinds of excuses not to step into wonder this year. We've got great excuses. There's stresses, there's a pandemic, there's societal unrest, there's all this stuff. Guess what, folks? First century, Jesus' first birthday, he had all that stuff and more going on. Genocidal leader was going to kill everybody, like kill all the sons. Like this, Herod's nuts. He's growing up into a weird, weird time period. All that didn't detract the wonder of who Jesus was, the wonder of this moment, the wonder of, of the Son of God coming, the wonder of the Messiah coming to participate in our story and to change it forever. That same wonder we need to think about, pray about, instead of the to-do list and what we got to do and what we got to wrap, what we got to do all the different things going on in our lives, maybe we need a little bit more 11, 13-year-old boy, let's go in our lives to recapture the wonder of Christmas. So as you read the Christmas story, try to put a little more inflection. Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened that the Lord has told us about because this is going to be amazing. We get to see the Messiah. We get to be the first. Us. We get to go see the Messiah. Participate in this. For us this Christmas, we get to see the Messiah. We get to participate in this. We get to go to Bethlehem and see this thing that's happened that the Lord has told us about. That Jesus has come for you and for me and for the whole world to set right this relationship. To redeem us, to make us right again. Make us clean, make us his. And so let's not lose our wonder this Christmas season. Let's step fully into it. Let me pray. God, thank you so much for today. Lord, we ask you to be with us and guide us as we step into wonder this Christmas. Lord, that you would hold us and you would shape us and you would be with us. That you would remove um, the worry, the stress, the anxiety from our shoulders and from our eyes as it clouds our vision and our judgment as we make the decisions this Christmas season. But instead, step fully into wonder that we would be like children reading the Christmas story for the first time, 
seeing the star light on the nativity for the first time. Bask in the wonder, but let it move us to action. Let us move us to a mission from you. Lord, we love you and we praise your name. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you all the days of your life. You are dismissed. Merry Christmas. Bye. Thanks for joining us at church this week. And a special thanks to all those who continue to support our mission through your generosity. You too can support our mission to reach, grow, and serve our community by giving on the website or through the app. To make sure you never miss out on a message, be sure to subscribe. And don't forget to hit that share button to spread the word. Have a great week.